And you know, this is kind of a heavy duty lesson today, but I'm not going to teach it heavy duty because I'm just going to hopefully teach it inspirational. The constitution <laughs> of the divinely inspired document, that great inspirational document that it is. I'm, I'm not going to teach you everything I know about the constitution or teaching your children the constitution in one hour because I have been studying the constitution for 13 years and I'm still learning. And so I'm just gonna give you an overview of this lesson today. My name is Julene Jackson and I oversee the cottage meetings for Moms for America. I've been with Moms for America for almost a decade now. And Vivian it has been with Moms for America for four years. Viv is our behind the scenes uh, Moms Links manager from San Antonio, Texas. She and I uh, work with the cottage meetings for Moms for America. You know, um, the last, we are on the 10th lesson of this manual right here, okay? This is the cottage meeting resource guide. It has 12 introductory lessons on raising up generations of patriots, your children, your grandchildren. And so last week we talked about a time to sow, the importance of eating together, that dinner hour. What is quality family time? And what are some home management tips and ideas that we can, we can have within the home? The week before that, Remember, we talked about capture the sunshine, learning uh, to teach our children a love of freedom and liberty through literature and poetry and art and music. The week before was America Share the Story, teaching your children to love America through stories. Stories teach your children what courage looks like, what faith looks like, what patriotism looks like. There are certain stories that are no longer taught from American history in the schools anymore because they mention God. And so unless mother knows these stories where our founding fathers embedded God throughout the story, these children will never know really the foundation of faith upon which this nation was established. This is why we mothers and grandmothers come together and we learn these stories and we reteach them and we retell them when our children and our grandchildren are at our home and around the dinner table or we're reading books to them and that kind of thing. So um, we talk about, we taught the lesson on the three pillars of liberty. What makes up the three pillars of liberty? A foundation of faith. Our country was established on faith. Our founders said the documents that were written to establish this land was struck off by the hand of God. They mentioned God all the time throughout their writings. George Washington, there are 66 incidences where he talked about God saving them during the Revolutionary War. Thomas Jefferson wrote, um, cut out the words of Christ from the New Testament and kept them in his front pocket and actually would go on to write the Jefferson Bible. And so as you study the original writings of these founders, they mention God all throughout their writings. This is the foundation upon which our nation was established. And mamas, if we don't learn these things, our children certainly are not learning them in the school systems. And so it's up to us. This is why we come together in these cottage meetings every week. And then we talked about instilling and teaching our children the valor of virtue. Virtues are attributes of Jesus Christ. How do we get these virtues deep within them? 
And uh, that was a beautiful lesson. And then the power of patriotism. How do we instill patriotism, this feeling, this love of this country and nation and flag and all those men and women that have given their lives that have done so much who came before us. I'll never forget recently uh, at an event where there were some high school kids and I was talking to one of the little girls and she said, yeah, I had to Google uh, patriotism so I would kind of know exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And I just chuckled within because if a child has to Google the word patriotism, obviously we're falling down on our job here. And then, of course, the first three lessons uh, were what it takes to be anchored in hope. And Crystal, you gave us, woo, you gave us in your gorgeous prayer what it takes for mother and grandmother to be anchored in hope. And we will talk about that throughout our class today. And uh, there's ladies first, so goes the women, so goes the nation. There's no place like home. So those are the 10 classes uh, and not to mention the wheat and the chaff. Chafe, laugh, chaff, laugh, chaff. Uh, the wheat and the chaff. And that is what we'll be talking about today. So we're going to be discussing the Constitution. What is it? How can we teach something that we don't fully understand ourselves? This is why this lesson is important. This is why the work at Moms for America is so important. And this is why the class that me and my husband teach on Thursday nights is so important because that's specifically where we teach the constitution from the viewpoint of the founding fathers. And so many of you on class today have, have taken this healing of America seminar. It's a 16 week seminar. And we will talk about that in just a few minutes, but uh, every Thursday nights, 7.30 Mountain Standard Time for one hour. And so I'm really going to recommend that you hop on that class. All those classes have been reported. So I would recommend we're going to have a two-week break after today's class to go through those Healing of America seminars, get caught up, and we really lay out, you know, God's hand in establishing of America and the Constitution from the viewpoint of the founding fathers and what in the world has happened with some of these amendments that came along in the 1900s to really upset the uh, destruction of power and the checks and balances that our founding fathers gave us. So in order to really understand this inspired document that our founders said very much came from, from God, we have to be at the work of, of reading it, just like the Bible. I mean, we don't read the Bible one time and go, okay, we got it, check. We understand it. It's, a, it's a, a lifetime process of studying these things. And so we, can, we come together and here we are. So let's roll up our sleeves, Viv. Let's get uh, our little PowerPoint, our little slideshow going. The wheat and the chafe. I've heard, I've heard that word chafe, laugh, chaff, chaff. It's chaff, not chafe. The wheat and the chafe, chaff, oh boy. Anything that that's compl that complicated to say, we might not have to say it. But anyways, I'm going to explain exactly. It's a biblical concept there. So Viv, let's do our next slide. Hold on, my friends, to the Constitution and to the Republic for which it stands. Miracles do not cluster. And what has happened once in 6,000 years may not happen again. This is by Daniel Webster, the distinguished statesman and congressman and secretary of state 
for three presidents from Massachusetts and New Hampshire. So we're going to introduce the Constitution of the United States as established by our founding fathers with an analogy of separating the wheat from the chafe to distinguish between the original intent of the Constitution and the alterations and misinterpretations that people equate as the Constitution today. So as we study the Constitution from the viewpoint of the founding fathers, we discover that freedom formula that made America the most free and prosperous nation within the first hundred years that it was formed and we were working under those constitutional principles. Even though we had 6% of the world's population, we were producing over 50% of the world's wealth. And what the founders did was they restored the ancient principles or people's law that was practiced by the Israelites that you know, Moses established in Genesis and Exodus and Deuteronomy as opposed to that ruler's law that was imposed by tyrants, which by most people throughout history have lived in bondage. And so it's interesting how those founders, as they were in the Bible, discerned those principles of, of people's law and wove those ancient principles into those founding documents. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. And we talk a lot about that in Healing of America seminar. So the constitution, our founders wrote the constitution really to protect the family, to protect people from the human frailties of the rulers that, that is tyrannical rulers all throughout history. So our founders knew that if you had strong families, you would have strong societies. And when you have strong societies, you would have a strong nation. And so they wrote this beautifully inspired document to protect families, to allow them to live the way they wanted to, to have the right to worship the way they wanted to, to live according to the dictates of their own conscience, to determine what kind of house they were going to live in and, and what kind of life they were going to build for themselves. That's amendment number one. Amendment number two is the right to protect ourselves, the right to bear arms and to protect our families and our children. Amendment number four was the right to privacy, that we could live life without you know, the government imposing and telling us what to do. And then amendments five through eight were the rights of the accused, that if, if you, know, you were falsely accused, you couldn't be just thrown in the dungeon and left there for life as so many had done throughout history, that we had rights, God-given rights given to us. And that's outlined in amendments five through eight and then amendments nine through 10. And these are the first 10 amendments that our founders gave us are known as the Bill of Rights. And nine and 10 said, look, we want the government to be limited and small. And we want the, the rest of your rights to be determined by the people, by you and by the states respectively from which you live. And so that is what our founders gave us. And they knew that that would make the family strong, strong families, strong societies, strong nations. Okay, so let's just flip our little page here. And on lesson number 10, it gives you a lot of resources on how to help you teach your children um, the Constitution. So let's see that some of these, some of these books, they um, recommend Preserve, Protect, and Defend is a fictional book. And so is the uh, 
No, the stories of the government. Actually, it's a kind of a fictional book too. These would be good books to read to your uh, teenagers, to your children the, that preserve, protect, and defend is about a vice president who has an assassination attempt and goes into a coma. And then he um, is transported back in time to experience key moments throughout history. He has uh, conversations with George Washington, Christopher Columbus, Benjamin Franklin, Abraham Lincoln, and others. And so um, that's a really good book. And then the stories of the government is uh, it's a, an imaginary trip to Washington, D.C. with four young people and their uncle. And he explains to them the purposes of the government, the stories behind the institutions, the buildings, the symbols of uh, their heritage. And uh, this is a great book to read aloud to your children as well. And it comes in a series of um, those books, The Library of Hope, and you can get them. I think there's like 20 books in this series. They're really good. I read my to my last little child uh, a, a little section of this series in our morning devotional. Viv, let's see the next um, resources that they recommend here. Original Intent by David Barton. He talks about what in the world has happened to our courts. This is such a good read. David Barton is such a patriot. He gave Moms for America a group, a private tour about two years ago. And it was just, if you're, I hope you're familiar with his organization called Wall Builders. He's written so many books and uh, make yourself familiar, wallbuilders.com. Just go and, and look at his website there. And then there's this wonderful book, Proclaim Liberty, throughout uh, the land. And this is through the National Center for Constitutional Studies. So if you just Google all these books, you will be able to find them and we will have them on our resources under lesson number 10, where you can uh, you know, press on that resource and, and find a way to purchase it if you'd like. This is a great book that goes along with the 5,000 year leap and you, you see me talking about the 5,000 year leap. I've memorized these 27 principles that changed America, that our founding fathers took these principles to establish our land. And this helps you to go through and teach your children those 5,000 um, uh, year leap principles, those 27 principles. Then let's see the next slide. I'm just giving you some resources, Mama. Here, I don't expect you to go out and buy all these books. I don't. But as you stay with Moms for America, you're going to hear me use these, uh, talk about these books. So I'm just making you familiar. These are particularly helpful to have on your shelf when it comes to learning the Constitution and learning how to teach your kids the Constitution. Now, this elementary catechism is how the young people in the 1800s learned the Constitution. Every child was in school learning the constitution and it's through the Socratic method of asking questions about the constitution. So it has a different cover now because um, the Thomas Jefferson Center added all the other amendments that have come since uh, this catechism was used in 1828. But I have used this for years. I'll ask my little uh, children a question or two from the catechism and it will lead into a constitutional discussion over um, breakfast or over uh, the dinner hour. And I think it's like $10. You can buy it on the Moms for America store or Amazon. And then this making of America girls in our My Little Cottage meeting that I started, um, it took us two years to go through the making of America. 
clause by clause explanation of what the founders meant for you know every sentence in the constitution and um it's just ah oh, it's so good so i would recommend you know maybe these these could possibly be some christmas presents that you could ask santa for birthday presents or mother's day presents i have if i could show you my making of america book it's uh it's just all written up and rubber band and um you also can get a student edition version of the making of america where you do the fill in the blanks and that's actually what we did when we um studied for two years in our in our cottage meeting okay so let's see our next slide Viv. i think those are all the little resources for now Oh, and also, so there's the 5,000-year leap book, the 27 principles and the promises of the Constitution. And you can get these all for um, at our Moms for America store. You know, really, these are core books in uh, the Moms for America curriculum and then studying the Constitution. And I really, re really recommend getting these two books in addition to, of course, our manual. And I believe, mamas, I'm going to teach a 5,000-year leap this spring, starting uh, either in March or April. And we will go through those 27 amendments, girls. If you can memorize those 27 amendments, you must be so powerful in the way that you're able to defend the principles of freedom and liberty and what our founding fathers gave us. Those principles will be like your best friends. They'll rise up in you and be there in your hour of need when someone is saying something ridiculous. It's like when you speak these principles, you come out of conversation with so much more authority and strength than just emotionalism because these principles are truth and they're universal and they really do transcend party and politics. I just memorized one little principle every couple of days I go on a walk or when I was on the treadmill and then I would review the principles each day because you need to review it in order to retain the principle so I have these principles memorized so don't expect this is going to something that you'll just knock out in a week's time but over the course of four or five months if, if you'll just take a principle a day and then review them each day uh, you will know what I mean when I say they will be your best friends next to each other and your husband and God, <laughs> of course. But anyways, okay. Okay, so mamas, uh, let's do the next slide. I would be completely remiss if I didn't explain to you our Healing of America seminar. And many of you have taken these 16-week seminars and many of you have taken them twice. I've taken them probably... Uh, eight, nine times now. It's just one of those things that as you keep taking these seminars, things begin to click and you begin to speak and you begin to understand at such a different level. So these are, uh, this is a 16 week um, seminar and the seminars are, are four books. Okay. And so they're $12 a book. Here's our first little book, God's Hand in Building of America. Here's Here's uh, the Founders Charter of Freedom. This is the Constitution. And we're right now in seminar number three tomorrow, my husband and I, is what in the world has happened to our country, the attacks on the Charter of Freedom. And so the very first seminar, each seminar takes, lasts for four weeks. They're one hour a piece. They're free. You just sign up on Zoom. Then you'll get your little 
weekly Zoom reminder 24 hours before the class and then one hour before the class. But uh, God's Hand in Building of America is one of my favorites because it's all about the stories of America. We talked that very first story is Joan of Arc. Who would think in uh, the 1400s that this little young girl at 14, she began to hear voices from God to lead, you know, her her little country, France, into out of war. They, they were at war with England. And, and she, would, she would win and she would prevail. And because she saved her country 250 years later in 17, uh, what was it, 1782, 83, France was able to come to the rescue of America and ultimately help us win that revolutionary war. We talk about Christopher Columbus. We set the record straight. Young people are so confused about Christopher Columbus. They think he's a, a genocidal, homicidal terrorist. And, you know, that we don't even call him by his name anymore. We've taken his day away from him in Washington, D.C. And so we really teach the true story of Christopher Columbus. Mamas, if you don't know the true story, your children will never know because what they're taught about him in the schools is really horrendous. And then we talk about uh, the genius of Thomas Jefferson and writing the Declaration of Independence and how God prepared him and eight years of George Washington and just the raw sheer magnitude of his character and his soul and his faith. And, you know, I love George Washington. Viv is always making fun because I cry every time I talk about George Washington usually. But, uh, oh boy, you will really learn to love George as we talk about these miracles of the Revolutionary War and how he just led those troops and he led them into church and he led them into prayer and fasting and he got them through the eight years of a frustrating and miserable war. And then the Constitutional Convention and how difficult that was. And Benjamin Franklin's role was such an old dude. He stood up and gave a speech of the lifetime because the delegates were getting ready to disband because they were in such disagreement. And, and then little young James Madison, known as the father of the Constitution and his copious notes that he took. And much of what we know about that Constitutional Convention is because of little James Madison. So we learn all about these miracles of America and stories of America in this first seminar. And then seminar number two, girls, we break down the constitution, uh, the seven articles, the 10 uh, amendments, Bill of Rights, and then 11 and 12 that our founders gave us. And then amendments 13 through 27. And so, so many of those amendments have been so uninspired. And we talk about how in the world we got some of these amendments that have caused some real disruption in this document. And then seminar three, we talk about the attacks on America, the attacks on the family, the attacks on the school systems, the attacks on the moral fiber. These were systematic attacks by people and groups and master planners. And it's fascinating because a lot of these things happened on our watch and it will feel kind of eerie and chilling, but we need to understand how something got broke in order to know how to be a part of the solution of fixing it. And seminar number four, which is week number uh, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16. I love this seminar because it's about solutions. Seminar three is enough to just, you know, make you want to get a tub of ice cream and go to the closet. 
But seminar four is exactly about what Crystal um, prayed for. It's about solutions, how we can heal our homes, how we can heal the school systems, our communities, our state, our constitution, our nation, the role of America in the world. And girls, I'm telling you, when you have 16 weeks of these classes in you, I would recommend taking the class again. But as you, and, and then as you take it, then you begin to go, wait a minute, I think I could teach this because all it's spill in the blanks. All the answers are in the back. And this is what I begin to teach to my little cottage meetings, a uh, little group of women, five, six women that began together. And we just studied together. We'd read a paragraph, we'd fill in the blank, and then we, we would discuss it. I wasn't a constitutional expert or a historian or anything. I'm just a mama that's worried about America. And this is what we do when we come together and we gather in our cottage meetings. You know, we're not professing to be experts on anything, but we, we love our children. We love this nation. We love our God. We are God-fearing, praying women. And God, don't you, don't you tell me he runs to women who are praying this way. And he will expand your capacity to understand these things. And I can bear a personal witness because 10, 12 years ago, I was exactly where you were. I was worried about what was going on in this country. I was worried about my children and my future posterity. And I just began to study with like-minded women. And here, here I am teaching this to you. Here you will be teaching it to other women, I promise you. Because if not you, ooh, mamas. And so um, the Healing of America seminar, I just want to say it changed me as a mother. It changed my marriage. My husband began to take these seminars with me. And now it was the means of him running for the state Senate. And he is so involved now in shoring up America. And he just said to me this morning, it was so sweet as I was getting ready for the class. He said, Jelini, I am so glad we have in common our love for God and our love for freedom. And I have to say these Healing of America seminars really brought me and my husband together when it came to this, this liberty movement and freedom. So if you can get your little man to take these classes with you, God has really opted the races because when he can get a husband and wife to be united on these things, oh, wow, just, just get out of our way, Satan. I think he just <laughs> trembles when he sees a husband and wife that love and revere God and love and revere freedom. So anyways, you know, as we go through these four um, seminars, we also learn that, look, only 15% of the Constitution has been altered. So 85% is intact. There's so much hope. We don't have to start from the very beginning like our founding fathers did. And so a restored constitution will be the tool and the weapon that God will use to heal our land when he talks about that in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, If we will turn to him and repent of our wicked ways and seek his face, he will heal our land. And when we understand what he gave, when we understand what he gave us through our founding fathers, when we write these truths in our heart, we will be the tool. We will be the weapon by which he will use to heal this land. But, you know, this is why these cottage meetings are so important, because we can't defend something that, or, that we don't understand. We can't repair or restore or, you know, be a part of... of um, 
strengthening if we don't really understand. And so here we are, we come together. Okay, so mamas, let's turn our pages here. Separating the wheat from the chaff. Okay, Viv. Uh, okay, Let, let's take that slide down just for a second. Look <laughs> at that one. A little sad balloon there. Separating the wheat from the chaff, laugh, chaff, is a common agricultural practice that is used to prepare grains for consumption. In cereals like rice, barley, oats, wheat, the grain is surrounded by a dry husk. Before the grain can be used, husks or chaff must be removed. Separating the wheat from the chaff, chaff has become a common cliche to describe the practice of distinguishing the wanted from the unwanted, the valuable from the relatively valueless. And this presentation focuses on the wheat and the chaff in our current constitution. The wheat is the original constitution as prepared by our founders. The chaff includes amendments and judicial interpretations that have changed the meaning and intent of the constitution. And we will explore how later amendments to the constitution have caused us to stray from these correct principles and how a restoration of the constitution will guide America back to the land of liberty that it once was. So let's, let's look at that little, little slide there. Now girls, we go through this so extensively. And so I'm just not gonna go through it as in depth today because I, I wouldn't do it justice. And um, I, I want you to come to the Healing of America seminar, but you need to know that there have been some uninspired amendments. The 14th amendment came right during the civil uh, war, right after the civil war. And the 14th amendment really, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it was poorly written. The intentions were good. So it was basically just saying the 13th, 14th and 15th amendment was gonna abolish slavery, the 13th amendment. The 14th amendment was natural citizen rights. Black citizens had all the rights, of white citizens, you know, nothing's wrong with that. And then the 15th amendment that um, black citizens had the right to vote. The 14th amendment, however, through the years, the courts have misinterpreted that and they have used that as a, as a means of punishing the states states, if you don't do what we say, we're going to come and impose our will. And that happened in 1925 in the Gitlo case. And so now instead of the states being preeminent over the federal government, it's the federal government. And the 14th amendment was actually the means of um, gay marriage being legalized in 2013 under the equal protection a clause that the courts misinterpret that to mean, well, if we have same-sex marriage in Massachusetts, but we don't have it in Wyoming, that's not a fair exercise of, their, of people's rights according to the 14th Amendment. So they use this 14th Amendment, they distorted it. Our founding fathers would have been shocked to know that that's how the courts in interpreted this um, amendment. Some 60, let's see, uh, no, no. Let's see. 2013 to 1865. Gosh, that's over over 150 years. Okay, so we I really spell that out in um, seminar two, but I'm just I'm wanting you to know that there are some uninspired amendments that have been misinterpreted. 
and the 16th and the 17th amendments were the most egregious. They came along in 1913 and they had the 16th amendment. I'm, I'm, I'm giving a real simple explanation for something a little more complicated than, than how I'm going to explain it. But the 16th amendment allowed for federal income taxes. So the federal government in 1913 can go in and tax you directly now. Before this, the founders intended that if a state made it 10% of the population of the nation, they were responsible for 10% of the budget. And the government of that state determined how they were gonna tax the people. Well, the 16th amendment came along and introduced federal tax, which opened the gates for the federal government now to get very fat and bloated and really put us on the path to socialism because it drew the amount of money that was now flowing into the government and so they now wanted to start to offer all kinds of goodies to people, ensuring you know, that they stay in office. And the 17th Amendment went, they, these two um, amendments went hand in hand. So did you know that senators were, uh, the founders in, intended for the senators to be elected by the state legislature because the senators were gonna be that watchdog on the wall to protect the states from a, a a runaway federal government, but they changed this in 1913 and, and the popular vote people started to elect the senators and no one was looking out for the states anymore. So senators used to come home every weekend and report to the state legislature on what was going on in Washington DC and should, should we vote for this program because you know we're gonna have to pay for it and you know is this, is this gonna encroach upon the rights of the people in our state? So, so that, that watchdog of protection for the states was removed with the 17th Amendment, and that has caused all kind of the disruption of the balance of the power. And actually, a lot of the responsibilities of uh, senators and congressmen, they've abdicated to the executive branch. And we talk about this extensively in seminar to uh, the Constitution from the viewpoint of the founding fathers. And then the 25th Amendment is fraught with peril that came along in the 1960s. We could actually have an unelected president uh, if um, Kamala Harris believes that President Biden is unfit for office. If she can convince eight of the 15 cabinet members, she can have him removed from office. She can be put into office and she can choose her own vice president and Congress has 21 days to, to do, uh, you know, so have a session to determine if pres the president really is unfit. So this is fraught with peril. We could actually have an unelected president of the United States because of this 25th Amendment. And, and especially with our little president being so old and cognitively not real sharp, uh, it makes the 25th Amendment a real, real reality. And so anyways, we talk, we talk about these uninspired amendments and what they have meant for our country and for our constitution and why we have a president who is issuing all kind of executive orders and unconstitutional mandates and how that has come to be and, and why we've allowed the executive branch to, to do those things that are unconstitutional, even though it says in the first article in the legislative branch, the only laws that can be passed are those that are by our representatives who have been fully vetted by the um, citizenry of this country. 
And so um, anyways, let's, let's move to our next slide there. So what I've just given you is like, huh? Can she, what did Jolene just say? I don't quite understand that. And to be honest with you, mamas, I didn't quite understand some of these uninspired amendments the first you know, couple of rounds that I heard them as well. We're going to make the leap now, mamas, to how in the world do we teach our children about the Constitution? So uh, I was introduced to this acronym, LEGCESAR, years ago, LEGCESAR. And this is an acronym for the seven articles. There's seven articles and there's 27 amendments. So Viv, let's see the next slide. LEGCESAR stands for the first article, the legislative branch, the second article, the executive branch, the third article, the judicial branch, the first, fourth article, states' rights, the fifth um, article, how to amend the constitution, what does it take to change the constitution, the sixth article is the supremacy clause. What is the supreme law of the land? It's the constitution, it's federal statute, and it's treaties. It's not Supreme Court decisions and it's not executive orders. And then lastly, how do we ratify the constitution? How do we adopt it? It ta just talked about how nine out of the 13 colonies had to approve it, uh, uh, and for this constitution to be in full force. So that little, I always have, written that at the top of um, the, a flip chart that I would teach my children in the morning in the constitution. Let's see that next um, slide. I believe that's our, my little flip chart. So, you know, I had a little family devotional for years. I still do where we'd read the, the Bible, a story from the Bible. And then I would teach them a, a principle of liberty from the constitution or from the 5,000 year leap. For years, I would write, I'd have the flip chart and I would um, teach them a little section of the constitution from a one page outline that I'm gonna show you in just a minute. So this looks like I was teaching them the second article, the executive branch. Now in each article, they have um, certain sections. So uh, the LEG are the longest articles. So they have the most sections and I would just break it down real simple. And I would just go through maybe one section a day. And so for the whole week, I would study article two about the executive branch with the kids. Okay. So, and then what I would also do is I would go over the headlines of the newspapers with the kids. So we could see, wait a minute, is what the president proposing is that, does that jive with what the constitution says? So I wanted to give them a practical look or application of what I was teaching them about the constitution. So there's me going over the headlines, the Washington Post. Oh boy, that's painful most mornings. So Viv, let's see the next slide there. So what I, this is the one page outline I would use to know what to write on my little flip chart. So I would take article one, I put legislature at the top and then I put the legislative branch and then maybe I would just do section one uh, for the whole week. And I would just go through and I would, I would just, and you know, honestly, what I would do, mamas, I would get, if I had some questions about that little section one, verse one, I would open up my little book that I was learning about, you know, the, the charter of freedom. And I would read from that and we figured it out together. Okay. Now, you know, you might not teach this to your children that are three, four, five, six, and seven, but I was teaching this to my 11, 12, 30, 40, 15, 16 year old. 
So you might not teach the constitution this way to toddlers. You can teach this way to teenagers for sure though, okay? So I would just use this outline to make my little flip chart, all right, each, each week. Viv, let's see the next, and, and, and all these resources will be online um, uh, for under lesson number 10. So just the other day, my girlfriend uh, is a part of a homeschooling program called the Good and the Beautiful Homeschool Curriculum. And she said, Jeline, they are teaching her, and she is 12 years old, they are teaching her the constitution using these books. So I went online and ordered these books. I have not gotten them yet, but they look kind of like they're sweet books. So, you know what, just, just log this somewhere, the good and the beautiful homeschool curriculum, how to teach your children the constitution. If you just Google that, and once again, this resource will be up on our website as well. So I'm just trying to give you some, some new resources, resources to teach your children the constitution, to teach you the constitution. Let's get real. Some of the, I learn best through the children's books. Mother learns best through the children's books. So I'm just, this is just another option. Okay, so mamas, this is really that enabling the people, the amendments of the US constitution. This is the one that I taught. So it has little pictures of the amendments. And then on the back, it just breaks it down exactly what is the amendment, what does it look like, a little explanation. I don't know if any of you have been able to find this book, um, but uh, I, if you can get this book, this is a treasure because it's 20, all 27 amendments with the little pictures and a simple explanation, okay? Now, for young mamas with young children, I really like I Love America because get real, you're not going to teach the Constitution, uh, you know, with all of its articles and amendments to your three-year-old. So what you want to teach them is uh, you love America. And so it's a volume one and two, and you can get this through Kimber uh, KimberCurriculum.org. And I, we will have all these resources on, <laughs> once again, under lesson 10, but I love America. There's a little lesson on Columbus, a little lesson on Thanksgiving, a little lesson on I like George Washington, part one and two, why I like being an American, why I like Benjamin Franklin, why I like Thomas Jefferson, why I like Pocahontas. And it has, it has little songs and pictures. I'm not sure, I don't think you can see them, but so I, I've used this for years when my kids are little. And then the I Love America Volume 2, it actually tells there you have, there's a lesson on the story of the U.S. Constitution. But see how it kind of builds the Star Spangled Banner, the Statue of Liberty, the Mayflower Compact. And so you just teach these little lessons I do in a little family devotional in the morning, or you can teach them over the dinner hour or before you put the kids to bed, whatever works for your little family. So I Love America uh, these little volumes one and two were good for teaching little kids. And every time I would go to a historical site, I would pick up children's books and I began to build my I Love America library. And you could just read your children uh, I Love America book on Benjamin Franklin or George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. So they begin to develop a reverence and a feeling for you know these early founding fathers and these founding mothers. 
So, you know, it's just important to remember that the constitution, mamas, was the oldest, is the oldest written constitution, national constitution still in use today. It is the oldest national constitution. And it really has been a model for so many countries who have modeled their constitution after ours, even though we're one of the newest countries. And it's, it's actually one of the shortest constitutions, approximately about 7,000 words. So the, the structure of the constitution really is straightforward and simple. It, it establishes the three branches of government, legislative, executive, judicial, and it creates a system of checks and balance between these three branches so that not one branch is supposed to dominate. And this really is the system that defines our American government, the system of checks and balances. And so um, the constitution was written to protect people from the human frailties of their rulers. Human nature has never changed throughout time. And so some people will go, well, the constitution is outdated or it's, you know, it's, it doesn't really apply to our day and age. Well, that's not true because human nature never changes. And we are in danger of a tyrannical government today just as much as we were back in the beginning of our country. John Adams, our second president of the United States said this constitution was written uh, at a time to govern 3 million people, but it would be able to govern 300 million people is what he said. And we have about 320 million people today. So truly it protects against human nature and this need for power. This is why the constitution will never be obsolete. It is a timeless document because human nature does not change. Thomas Jefferson in 1826, almost before he died, said these principles that are embedded in the Declaration of Independence are eternal principles. Remember that great story when he took 17 days to write the Declaration of Independence and the, it only took him one day to write most of that article because it was just the grievances against England and they had already been written in the Virginia Constitution. It took him 16 out of the 17 days, though, to write those first two paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence. And that's where he gleaned those ancient principles from Deuteronomy and Exodus and um, Genesis. And he wove those ancient principles in the first two paragraphs. And we talk about what those ancient principles are. We study them in the Healing of America seminar. But um, it, was the, it was those principles that Moses used to govern the people in the wilderness. Remember, Moses was raised up in Egypt and he was trained under ruler's law, Pharaoh's law, where all the power result, uh, resided in the ruler, or the, or the Pharaoh or the king. And ultimately he would take the people uh, into the wilderness and govern there. And um, Jethro, his father-in-law said, Moses, you're gonna wear yourself out. All the people all day long would come to his tent to. Uh, you know, to have him solve their problems. And so um, Moses set up the first form of a republic under people's law, where he made captains over 50s, captains over 100 and over 1,000 and over 10,000. And he wanted the, uh, the basic problems, the local problems to be solved at uh, the level closest to the people, by the people. And so this is where he instituted people's law and it was kind of right in the balance center from, uh, you know, anarchy 
and tyranny. And it, it kept the government um, under control by the people. So this political power was maintained in the balance center with enough government maintained able uh, for the government to maintain security and justice and order, but not enough government to abuse the people, okay? And, um, and so in the 5,000 year leap in part one, it talks about how Moses came um, to this task of structuring a government with all the power in the people. So in um, principle number 13, <clears throat> the 5,000 year leap, it says a constitution should protect the people from the frailties of their rulers. And what's the next principle there? If you were to read that principle, that would really flesh out what that means. Let's see principle 18, the next principle. The unalienable rights of people, these are our God-given rights, are most likely to be preserved if the principles of the government are set forth in a written constitution, okay? So our founders understood how important it was that we write these things down in order for, for them to be some longevity and for us to be able to maintain this republic based on God's law that they were, were giving us when they established this land. So mamas, we're, um, there's, so, there's so much more in this lesson that I could talk about, but then I have to really kind of get down in, into the weeds and, and I, I, don't, I want to do it proper justice. And so I want you to go, this is going to be your homework for the break, is to go and get caught up in those Healing of America seminar. We're on seminar 3.2 right now. So we are halfway through the Healing of America seminar that my husband and I will teach tomorrow. But pace yourself. I mean, we have, you know, just, you can listen to it as a podcast, these Healing of America seminars. Get these little seminar books. You will, you'll want to fill them in. It might take you a month. It might take you a couple months. But I, I just want you to know that that is the best resource I would re recommend right now. But hopefully I've given you some ideas about how you can begin to weave a, an understanding and a respect and a reverence for the constitution into your home with your children and with your um, grandchildren. And so um, mamas, I think I'm just bib. Let's see that last, I think there's just one or two more slides. <clears throat> Oh, okay. Uh, there are some videos that I recommend in the Healing of America seminar, A Tale of Two Constitutions, just Google on part one and part two by the Thomas Jefferson Center and helps us to understand the constitution that our founders gave us and what in the world has happened, the constitution that we have to, today. So uh, this is a good little resource that helps you kind of visually understand. And then Viv, let's see the next slide. I think there's another, I believe this is a 12 minute video, the most powerful political office in the world. What has happened? Our founding fathers never meant for the executive branch to be the power center of the world. And this is what has happened and how this branch of government has become so much more powerful than the legislative branch that was supposed to be the preeminent voice of the people, the legislative branch. So this is another little video that I, just another resource that I recommend to help you understand uh, a little bit, augment your studies. Okay, Bill, let's see the next slide. 
no matter what the constitution says, it won't endure if the people don't closely read it and demand that it be followed. Mamas, this is why we gather together in these cottage meetings. This is why we learn the constitution together. It's so much easier if we do it together as, as um, mamas and grandmas. And this is why I love the Healing of America seminar because it helps us to know how we got here and how we can repair and restore what our founding fathers uh, gave us. Unless we understand the nature of our problems and how far we kind of wandered from our original moorings and principles, it's impossible to appreciate the task of putting it back together or, or having a real feeling of love for it. You know, I was right where you were about 12 years ago when you know, I lived in a small town in Hood River, Oregon, and I was worried about what my children were being taught in the school system. And I was worried about the future of our country. So six of us ladies got together and we began to study the 5,000 year leap because someone was watching a program by Glenn Beck and he held up the 5,000 year leap. And he said, moms, you got to st start to study this book, start a book group and learn these principles and teach them to your children. So that's exactly what we did. We met once a month, we called ourselves the Daughters of Liberty and we began to come home and to teach these principles to our children. And we had, we had them at the breast and we had them in high school. We had them at all ages. And some of us taught these principles at the dinner hour. I taught them in the morning in a morning devotional. Some taught them to the kids as they were getting ready to go to sleep at night. But God led and directed those women and I would move and start up another cottage meeting in that neighborhood. And um, I can't even tell you how these cottage meetings changed these women's life. They went on to write books and run for office and have radio shows and podcasts and be a community uh, activist and homeschool their children. And their children today are doing such interesting things. And so, you know, truly, just like Crystal reminded us in her prayer today, as we gather together, we met together once a week in our cottage meeting, just like we meet virtually once a week, as we reminded ourselves, look, we don't have to, we don't have to look to Washington, D.C. or the current president to solve all of our problems. We get on our knees, we ask God, and we keep our little families close, whether all our kids are out of the house or they're all in the house. We make quality family time a high priority. And I think that's why family devotionals were so important to me because sometimes that was the only time I had my kids all together was in that little devotional before they'd spread out for the day and sometimes not come home till late at night. And so be patient with your kids because they're coming up under a product of indoctrination that they're getting in the public school systems. And so and some of your college kids might come home spouting some crazy things just be patient with them and continue to teach them what you're learning in the cottage meetings. Tell them what you do as you gather with mamas across the country, how you are learning the wisdom of the fathers. Oh, sorry about my donkey. And, and the constitution as you participate in these cottage meetings. And then I promise you mamas, as you make it a matter of prayer, as you get on your knees morning and night and ask God, what can I do? I'm learning these things. What's my part to justify the heavens, to intervene and heal this land? He will let you know. And we've had many examples 
of women that have studied with the cottage meeting over the last year. They've run for office. They've made changes in their homes. They've started programs in their public school systems. They've so many have started cottage meetings in their neighborhoods. Just uh, um, a mama last Thursday in the cottage meeting said in her cottage meeting, they decided to start a campaign for school choice in California. And um, some of the things, how they're collecting the signatures as they go to doctor's office and, and they were sharing ideas with the other uh, people in class last Thursday. And so you'll be astounded, you know, it might just be begin to pray with your children in your home, begin to pray with your husband at your bedside at night. It might be just simple little changes like that. But as you do these things, the mothers of America will begin to wake up in a beautiful way. You will be able to wake up those around you. And you, I know with all my heart, I feel it so deeply that it will be the mothers will be the impetus for this nation enduring and God intervening to heal this land because all throughout history, it has been the mothers, it has been the women that God has put an idea or a thought into a mother's heart, the mind, and then she puts that into the child or to the grandchild and then God just waits for that change to occur. The hand that rocks the cradle truly rules the world god puts ideas into women's mothers grandmothers minds and she instills and she teaches them to those that she loves the most so mamas we are we're done we're done with our class today we have two week break Woohoo! it's going to be a busy two weeks um we will not come back until january 5th where we will have the lesson called The Law of Harvest, teaching your children how to work. That's an interesting concept in this day and age of entitlement. I'm going to share with you some of the things that I did imperfectly, but some of the fruits of um, teaching your children to love how to work. And then our last little lesson, raising up the next generation of patriots. So Merry Christmas. This is just the best time of year when the Christ spirit is just a little bit more uh, freely spoken of. I watched on Sunday night. I don't know if any of you watched that series called The Chosen. It's the sweetest it's been out now for two years. And they depict the life of Christ. And there was a special called uh, Christmas with the Chosen, The Messengers. And how it implies that when we know what we when we know there's a God in heaven and he has us, that we now need to become the messengers for him, for Jesus Christ, for the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for our families, for freedom. I love that we are to be the messengers. And so I really do believe 2022 is going to be a great year because we know, because we're waking up. And we don't have any reason to fear. God will never fail or forsake us. He is he's a God of every season, not just the Christmas season. He is with us always as we continue to look up as we were so beautifully reminded in our prayer today. So mamas, that is the end of our class. I love you. Mm -hmm.